As we continue to learn and incorporate this philosophy into our lives, some moments can arise where we need to stop and analyze the way we have learned some of this information. With so many new perspectives being offered, it's hard not to want to fill your plates to the point you are losing more than digesting in this bountiful buffet of wisdom. One of these perspectives that I have personally experienced some confusion is how we reframe the view of emotions in all this and counterbalance it with the societal constructs of them that we have previously learned. Are some emotions bad? Have we failed if we feel certain emotions? These are all questions I have faced internally, and even to a third party looking in on this philosophy, there could be some confusion as to what the actual role emotions play in all this. So, no need to get emotional on us, as this episode is where we clarify and reset the discussion around emotions within the philosophy. And before we jump into journeying, I want to explain that your support is imperative to the expansion of this information. If you have gained a new perspective from listening, please feel empowered to share it with others who would be open to entertaining a new way of looking at life. And if you feel compelled to support us further, we do have a site where you can donate monetarily for as little as $5 a month. And in exchange, you receive our overwhelming gratitude and access to our entire catalog of behind-the-scenes content. And every donator gets a shout-out on a podcast episode. I'm eager to speak the sweet vibrations of your name, so let's make it happen. You can donate at wise-wise.com slash patron, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And as always, we have much gratitude for all of you tuning in to you. And now, let's journey. With Aaron and Alexander Uncovering our authentic self Through self-awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility So this philosophy obviously deals with the management of emotions And emotions are a big part of our life As they essentially reveal parts of our past that are being triggered or our trauma from our past that are being triggered and coming up for us to hopefully be healed and and transpired into something more beautiful than what it was before. So Alexander, let's go ahead and clarify the role of emotions within this philosophy. And maybe you can start off by telling us like what is the overall goal of the philosophy and then maybe, you know, dive into, to emotions. Yeah, this is, um, a wonderful subject to bring up. And as I was looking back thinking, have we done an episode on emotions? Uh, I couldn't really remember that we had, um, know that we've brought them up many times in various episodes, but it is important to get this clear on where the emotions stand in this philosophy. And, As Aaron just asked, uh, the point of this philosophy or one of the points of this philosophy, you know, is to help a person learn to stay uh, connected to that higher source, uh, whatever you want to call that, uh, the energy outside or bigger than our individual selves, so to say. Some people follow religious paths, some people follow spiritual paths, but what I have grown to learn through my own experimentation and working with uh, many, many clients is that the emotions play a big role in how consistent someone can stay plugged into this higher energy. And I'll even call this higher energy like creativity. Um, Anything that somebody sees as a so-called positive experience, the emotions is what pulls us out of that, so to say. So, I like to just kind of look at it as the emotions just redirect the energy. And uh, 
so-called negative emotions uh, normally redirect them in a way that's not building something up, but tearing something down. So the important thing here is that we are emotional beings. We were designed to be emotional. Uh, Emotions aren't bad. We don't have to have this negative connotation because what we're discussing here is how to manage these emotions. And management is very, very different from control. Uh, I'm not suggesting control because you, you really don't want to try to stop energy. And again, we're going to bring every subject or every issue uh, that comes up on this podcast is going to come from an energetic perspective or a frequency-based perspective. So these emotions uh, were meant to be learned to process and utilize. They actually can have information, just like if you're getting chased by a mountain lion and fear kicks in and maybe even a little bit of anger to give you that adrenaline to get away. uh, We don't always need that in a conversation. But the thing is, is that emotions don't necessarily carry uh, a lot of intelligence. And they learn intelligence through training, kind of like our children do. And so I akin children, raising children and raising yourself on the emotional level very, very similarly. And the same techniques work equally as well in both realms. So I'm looking forward to opening this up uh, more and more as we get deeper into this uh, subject. And as everybody knows that I've been working with you, Alexander, for, I mean, I think we have been saying four years. I think it's been around four years. I lose track after a while. And I still get confused <laughs> on on whether I, like I'm controlling my emotions or because, you know, I think one of the most common uh, viewpoints that when people look at us or other people practicing this from an outside perspective, I think one of um, uh, the things they they uh, think they see is, is oh, you, know, you guys think emotions are bad. And, and I've gotten that a lot. I've heard that a lot. And and then it makes me question, like, do I think emotions are bad? Mm. And and I can't say that I don't all the way because it, it does kind of get like murky because I do think that sometimes I treat emotions as being bad, such as like uh, like anger. I think mm-hmm. I think I don't I don't um, treat all of my emotions equally or fairly. Right. So maybe you can touch upon that. Like, should we treat all the emotions as being the same? You know, I won't necessarily get into uh, that we should, but I would like to at least say, um, let's consider that. And yes, anger is one of the emotions that is kind of the ugly stepchild, so to say. But um, it's really no more damaging than, say, frustration or general stress or uh, even sadness or depression. Um, So, you know, many times anger can get much more of a bad rap because sometimes when it's expressed, it's in excess. But the slow grind of like even depression or sadness uh, can still have a very similar effect over a longer period of time. So I think I would like to just suggest to, you know, for everyone to just reconsider the hierarchy of emotions and to even consider, I'm going to push the envelope here just a little bit. I like when you do (laughs) But even push the envelope a little bit to say, consider that even the so-called positive emotions can be just as distracting as the so-called negative emotions. Now, once again, we were designed to experience these emotions, but children show us how we were really designed to experience them. They exemplify at five years old, two children may be playing together, having a great time. One of them takes a toy out of the other one's hand. The one hits the other one. They get angry and upset, and crying starts. And then typically... Within five or ten minutes later, they're back to holding hands, they've let go of that experience, and they're moving on forward with what's in front of them. Now, I happen to think that as so-called adults, we were to learn not to hit, (laughs) but what we did is we shifted the physical hitting to words, and we've learned to battle with words, uh, some people better than others. And so this is kind of like the next phase is to learn to not feed the emotion, uh, not feed the friction. 
and understanding that, you know, friction is typically necessary for growth. That's why there are so many differing opinions. It's what keeps the energy moving is the friction. But it doesn't have to be experienced negatively. Through one of our pillars that everything is polarity on this plane, one of the five pillars of this work, that is seen through accepting these differences. Duality is resisting and thinking that everything should be the way that you see it. Therefore, you create a judgment. Therefore, there's a challenge. But with polarity, just as the example I've given before, that on a car battery, there's a positive terminal and a negative terminal, they're both necessary to crank that engine, and the positive isn't good and the negative isn't bad. So this is the way that I like to suggest to people to start looking at these emotions. Stop judging them. Just recognize them for what they are and realize that whatever is bringing that emotion up in the present moment more than likely is just being a teacher to show you or remind you that you're carrying on some of that emotion that is ready to be released. So it can be seen as a healing opportunity. So somebody comes to me angry and for whatever reason, they affect me in a way to where I get angry. See, it has very little to do with that situation at hand. It's connected to all the similar situations throughout my whole life. So the proper thing that I feel to do in that situation is to take the focus off of the external present thing and go, what is this reminding me of? Who or what situation is this situation reminding me of? Because it's ready to be healed. It's ready to be released. And when you turn the focus inward, it extinguishes the situation outward. And if you don't give something friction, it doesn't continue to grow. So this is how to honor the emotions and This isn't about stuffing them. It isn't about trying to avoid them. It isn't about judging them. It's really about accepting them. Jalaluddin Rumi has a poem that uh, so many of his poems have an integral part of my life. But the one where he says, Ah, jealousy, there you are, my friend. Come on in. Let's dine together. His teaching in that poem is don't run from whatever is coming up in you, but sit with it. It's got something to share with you. It's got something to teach you. And sometimes it's just the allowing it. So in my private sessions, I provide a safe place for people to release these emotions, whether it's anger or sadness or frustration or whatever it is, even joy. And not many people in our day and age have somebody that they can really go to and be emotional and not feel judged. And that's very unfortunate. Now, the other level of the teaching of this philosophy that we'll expand on as we go is that there is a such thing called emotional responsibility. And although I am a fan of processing and even exhibiting uh, emotions, it is all about, is this the right place? Is this in front of the right person? Is this the right time? Is this the right environment? The five variables that we have discussed in the past. And as you go through that checklist, if any of those are no, then it's maybe not a good place or time to express it, such as a working environment. If somebody just expresses their emotion in front of their boss, they may get fired or written up or something right away. But if they are able to manage that situation and within an hour or two maybe go to lunch and go for a walk and release what they wanted to say, the reaction, the way that they wanted to say it in that moment, to the wind, to the sky, to the trees, to Mother Earth, just not to another human being. See, that is still from a sound therapist's perspective. You're releasing the vibration, but not continuing the ripple with another person. Now, there are people that can manage this, and they're what I call people that can hold space. And there are certain types of therapists or counselors um, that know how to hold space in non-judgment while not even necessarily needing to assess the situation, just providing a place for a person to truly release. And that's one of the main points I want to get across this early in this conversation is that most people just have never been introduced to a proper way or proper place or proper time to release their emotions. They're typically judged for them. So in other teachings that I've been introduced to, there's this sort of like shadow side to everybody that they talk about. 
And one thing that they say is you want to invite that shadow side in to your life because the more you ignore it, the more it's going to grow. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like similar to what you're saying about emotions, right? Yeah, yeah. They they build. If you, you know, stuff them and people that use the shadow language, if you hide from it, then basically that's what you're doing is you're just stuffing them down. And it continues to stuff, but every everyone has a, a bullying point or breaking point. And that's where... The people that invite those emotions in and uh, work with processing them uh, that can typically handle more uh, stress or more challenges in their life or more challenging people because they're they're not holding on to it. They're dumping it. And, you know, I do want to go through kind of what, you know, processing emotions look like and and. Many times it helps to start off with realizing that there's a sensation somewhere in your body that happens right before you have an emotional reaction. I typically like to suggest people that wherever you feel it in your body when you drop in a roller coaster or you drop in an elevator, uh, that's going to be what I like to call your like little emotional center. Um, your beacon, if you will. Mine is in my abdomen around my third chakra, just below my rib cage. And every single time that I'm going to experience some type of emotion, and it will go either positive or negative, uh, I get this tightness right away, a clenching in my abdomen. And so for many years, I worked to pay attention to that, that message. And the first step was learning to pause before responding or reacting. In each situation that you come across or each conversation, the very first step is to just learn to pause. And in that pause, that may be one breath, it may be three breaths, but in that pause, what you're doing is you're assessing yourself and you're asking the internal why. Why am I allowing this to affect me this way? Well, Jim just walked into the room and called me a liar. Okay, as soon as he calls me a liar... Rather than calling him a liar back or defending myself, I want to pause. And I want to see if I had a sensation in my solar plexus. If I did, if there's no sensation, then more than likely I would just laugh and I would think this is some kind of joke or something. But if I have any kind of sensation, it either means that there is a little bit of truth to it or that I'm attempting to run from it. And if you're attempting to run from it, then more than likely that's the, the residual uh, emotion that you have from past experiences through your life trying to hide. If there is truth to it, then I suggest that you own responsibility for that and work it out with that, with that person. But we're going to go with that is an emotional reaction that uh, may not carry any truth, but it still makes you want to defend And as soon as you go inward and you recognize that, you ask yourself, why am I allowing this to affect me? And more than likely, it's going to be connected to another situation or many situations throughout your life. And this person externally in the present moment is just playing a role to help you to see that there is healing still here to be released. And if you can go into that and go, oh, my brother used to call me a liar when we were growing up, and that used to really bother me. And he was an actual liar. And so it created this frustration in me. So now I realize that anytime somebody calls me a liar, right away I think that they're a liar. So it creates frustration in me. So see, the, the work isn't necessarily to, to need to be done with this person that just brought it up in the present moment. It's some healing that needs to be done with you and your brother and releasing him from that story, because he may or may not be that person still, but every person that comes up to you in that way isn't necessarily uh, being truthful. They may just be playing a role to help you release, and the, the emotional release is typically through the art of forgiveness, and one this is where the pillars are very, very useful to go back to, uh, because this this helps to get into that uh, that space, you know, and one of them will just go through those pillars uh, right quick and uh, expand from there. So one of the pillars is finding the divine order in all of the chaos. And that means that, you know, there's either a divine order to all of this or it's complete chaos. 
And if you're into uh, self-development or growth, then there typically is a, a faith based around some type of divine order, whatever you want to call that. So that's one that I like to remind. Is everything in divine order here? Then the next one is everyone can be your teacher and every situation can have a lesson. It doesn't mean that that's a fact. It just means that you have the freedom and the uh, option to seek out a lesson in every interaction with it, everybody that you come in contact with or the situation. The third one is polarity versus duality. And as I said before, polarity accepts that there has to be all these differences in the world. Duality is caught in the world of one trying to overcome the other. But remember, this whole planet is based off of polarity. We have a north and south pole. And if either one of those poles shifts slightly, the whole uh, earth would, would just be disintegrated. So the polarity is very important for, for everything that we experience on, on this plane, this earthly plane. The fourth one is emotional accountability and responsibility. And that's what this episode is mainly about is just to take ex, uh, responsibility for your emotions. Those of you that have gone through uh, different types of traumas, I do carry compassion because don't think that I am judging people that are emotional or that do have sensitivities. Even women uh, during their menstrual cycles, if the emotions get elevated, there are biological things connected to this too. There's chemical things connected to it. There are environments when you're born. So I do want to step in now and say we do carry a lot of compassion for people that are emotionally sensitive. We still feel that you can work to learn to manage that and that the emotional accountability is stopping being a victim in any way uh, to what was, uh, you know, you were taken through when you were a child um, or even in relationships since you've been an adult. And the responsibility is just not to take that negativity out on anyone, to find a proper way to release it. And by doing that, you're essentially stepping into your, your power. You're stepping into yeah. your power, yes, rather than giving your power away. And then, you know, the fifth one is everything is vibration. So that's why this is a frequency-based philosophy, is just using that basic understanding that a, from physics standpoint, a weaker vibration can be manipulated and changed by a stronger vibration given enough time. And so that is to help us see that everything is flexible. Everything is changeable. So this is why, you know, just chop wood, carry water over a long enough period of time and you will affect change. And so these, these emotional responsibilities and uh, accountabilities is important and it's not to self-judge, it's not to judge others, but to realize that the potential is that every person or every situation is bringing you a gift to work on your healing, to release, and pay attention to the gifts that are being presented in front of you, and more than likely, it's a gold mine for some healing uh, to do on the energetic, mental, and emotional level and possibly spiritual as well, and that will aid the physical level. And one of the main reasons we decided to do uh, an episode on this today was that I came to you today and and I, uh, I had some confusion around this topic um, with some of my experiences that I've had within the past week, and I, and I felt myself thinking that I sometimes feel that I failed if I... I allow myself to feel certain emotions like mm. anger and, and, and I mean, I, I kind of, when I take a second and think about that, I, I kind of know that that's not true, but I, I mean, I've been doing this work for four years and I'm still not hundred percent clear on some of this stuff. So, right. so I know that this is a very important topic for people who are, you know, uh, listening to this, coming to you as a private client or going to your sound journeys and hearing you talk. And uh, it is important to to continue to clarify this because I do think the more people learn, I mean, we still need to empty out some of the, the past societal constructs that we have. And I think that is uh, what plays a role in some of my confusion is yeah. balancing this information with what I used to learn. Yes, yes. And I think that's an obstacle for, uh, for most anyone that gets into uh, self-help and working on themselves, um, whether that's from a, a metaphysical, a spiritual, religious, or, or whatever direction it is. 
And that's why we want to clarify and make sure that the emotions don't have a so-called negative connotation and that they're not being worked on to be suppressed, but to be invited in, but at the same time kind of told um, your full force is not needed here. Uh, Just like if using anger, for example, if somebody comes and calls me a liar and anger full force wants to jump up like a mountain lion was coming at me. See, I just we just need to retrain the emotions of and I like to start with gratitude. Thank you so much, anger, for showing up. Now, please calm down. I'm not in danger here. I'm not in fight or flight. This is just a conversation. So compassion, patience, please come to the front of the room. And anger, you're still important, but please sit down. Please go back to the back of the room so that you're not uh, giving as much influence. And this comes back into if a person will do that practice 100 times, I don't make many guarantees, but I can almost guarantee that you will handle them differently each time. And it gets easier every time you go through it. And see, the thing is, is that emotions are going to pop up anyway. So it's kind of like that saying, you're either busy living or you're busy dying. Well, though with the emotions, you're either busy growing or you're busy deteriorating because the emotions is having an effect on your physical and mental state. Uh, that's been proven in many, many different areas and, and researches. So this is getting back to a physical or mental dis-ease normally stems from a weakness in the energetic field. The energetic field gets weakened through suppression or over-exaggeration of emotions, and then emotions get stimulated from failure to communicate in our relationships. So that's the general overall view of this philosophy's view on wellness. And so it does break down to how we communicate with each other. And this communication is directly connected to triggers from our past. And the people that are in our present day, they're playing those roles actually to help us attempt to heal. And unfortunately, uh, certain pharmaceuticals put the emotions on pause. And so they can function maybe to go to work and to do the things that society has deemed important, but there's no, uh, there's no change happening, and that's, that's very unfortunate. And at the same time, it can be very overwhelming to, to try to deal with emotions, uh, people at different stages of their lives and gone through different levels of traumas. And I know I've gone through many different levels myself and different levels of sensitivity. So that all of that is what pushed me to uh, work to develop this information to truly uh, help people understand on all five levels uh, how these emotions are affecting us on all the levels. And then that's the thing, the, the, the five levels of physical, mental, energetic, emotional, and spiritual. They're all connected very similar to the chakras or the energy centers in the body. So if one of those five levels get off, it starts to, uh, to change another one, and then it just c- continues to go. So this is why we do promote um, working on overall wellness on all five of these levels at the same time. In past episodes, you have uh, said this before and correct me and clarify it if I'm saying it wrong so you get your point across, which is consciousness may not be able to exist at the same time that emotions do. Yes, uh, that is a saying that um, I don't know that consciousness and emotions can coexist at the same time. They do coexist uh, because they're a natural part of this plane, once again, or this this uh, experience that we're in. But typically what I see when the emotions come in and a person engages in the emotions, it takes them away from that higher connection. And this is where somebody that holds a very prominent position, maybe even a pastor or a preacher or even a guru or or somebody that's held at a very high esteem can go through certain events in life and show another side of themselves. And many times that is the case of suppression, that it can only be suppressed for so long, and the person's intention is so pure and so good, but life finally gives a situation or person, brings it into their life to where they just can't hold it back anymore. So this is why the term management is just like, you know, it's best to manage children not to try to control them 
and I'm bringing the children and the emotions in together. So getting emotional is very similar to walking into a room and seeing a child throwing a temper tantrum, and then the adult just starts throwing a temper tantrum too. Um, that's not necessarily going to help the situation. But if the parent goes in and sees the child is throwing a temper tantrum and the parent really uh, consciously and calmly uh, starts to discuss with the child what's going on, obviously there's a problem. Let's talk and work this out. Then typically from my direct personal experience, the temper tantrum stops and the, over a time, it could take an hour, it could take an hour and a half, it could take an extended long period of time because the child has to feel that they can trust to open up vulnerability. But that discussion is going to help that child a whole lot more than that conscious discussion, non-emotional discussion, in my opinion, is going to help a lot more than the emotional reaction of just going into another temper tantrum with that child. And so... That's where I see that there, there's a switch when the emotions go on. And this is where I bring in even positive emotions because many times I see it all the time. I love to see groups of um, people get together that haven't seen each other in a long time and they're jumping up and down and they're squealing or laughing and so excited to be together. And then many times they'll make plans to get back together in a few weeks and everybody agrees when they're on that high and then when everybody goes back to their life, they realize that hardly anybody can make those plans. They, they weren't conscious when they made that decision. They were emotional. So once again, I'm not saying the emotions are negative and consciousness is positive. That's not what I'm saying. They both have to coexist, but it's important for us to know when we're in one and when we're in the other. And it's, it's typically pretty easy to for most people to be honest with themselves um, just sometimes they don't realize it in the moment. They'll realize it a little while after that emotional reaction. So that's why the first step is the pause. And, uh, you know, I suggest practicing the pause just consistently outside of emotional situations as well. Just in normal conversation, learn to uh, pause and breathe before responding or reacting and I think you'll get much better results typically. And I know there's a lot of fast talkers out there as well that have a lot to share and say, but, but do try it because less stuff will be misunderstood and misconveyed if that uh, pause is given. And I did want to bring up that there are essentially kind of like two steps to this. There's the emotional management, which is kind of preventing yourself from creating new emotional traumas and taking on that that new emotion that's coming up and then there's that process of also emptying the past trauma that you are like exposing in these situations and we do have a whole podcast episode on emptying past trauma so you don't have to get too much into that but but what is the importance of doing both of these yeah i think that it is very important to do kind of simultaneously you know Many people suggest to, to do chiropractor and massage together or you're not getting the most out of both. Um, here in my work, I consider doing uh, the change of perception or uh, self-development along with energy work is very important. That as you change your perception, you change your energetic grid, so to say, and it, it helps it to stick longer. So the management part is important uh, to help you to work on that release because if you respond to someone emotionally charged rather than react to them and a response is uh, something that is for the overall good of everyone involved and breathing helps that to take that pause then when you go internal and you ask the why's why why am I allowing this to bother me this is obviously connected to something in my past and you find out what that is then many times the sooner you can do that connected time-wise to the actual event that just happened, the more likelihood you are to access that and deeper levels to empty. And if you're able to go truly into that, connect with the person or the situation that this is related to, go into a forgiveness exercise, and that can be different for, for different people or different styles. But the main thing is to realize that Here's the way I look at forgiveness and people that have done us wrong in the past. We learn two different ways. We learn what to do and we learn what not to do. 
part of the challenge of this life is differentiating that and which one's so-called good and which one's so-called bad. So I'd like to suggest that any of you out there that have gone through traumas, whether that be no matter what nature that is, and I'm not going to list them all, but been through people that have treated you less than ideal, I would like for you to change your view of them potentially to see them as a teacher and that they possibly taught you what not to do by doing it to you. And there's a high level of possibility that if you didn't have it done to you, you would be a whole lot more probable to do it to somebody. Now, some people follow patterns and hurt people hurt people. But I'm talking to you people that are listening to this looking for self-change and to grow. Then if you're not going to carry on that ripple more than likely, you've chosen to do something different. But you can step out of being a victim by going, you showed me how much that hurt as a kid. Therefore, I would never do that to anybody. Thank you for being my teacher. I release you from that. Now, another variable in this forgiveness exercise is the seven-year mark. Every seven years, our body completely regenerates every cell in our body. And so I like to suggest that if that trauma happened over seven years ago, to consider that you're a completely different person, 100%. And sometimes that can help with the healing as well or the forgiveness And if it hasn't been seven years, then look at that as incentive. And if you happen to go through a trauma of a divorce or something like that, and it's been five years, then just be gentle with yourself that you may be sensitive to certain things for a couple more years. Now, some traumas people hold on throughout their whole lives, but I want everyone to know that that is an elective that you can change your perception of something. And forgiveness in this work does start with understanding that biological seven-year change and accepting that everyone or every situation uh, can be a teacher for you. And that if you learn the lesson, then they played their role properly. And uh, because it's for your betterment to let it go. It's not doing you any good to carry it on. And you can't change what's happened in the past. So if somebody's new, just listening to this as one of their first podcasts, uh, I did want to give reasons why this is important and, and the ways that practicing this emotional management and emotional processing would benefit somebody in their lives. And one, one thing, uh, one major thing that I wanted to bring up is actually an episode that we have done, and it's one of our most listened to episodes, is how emotions can or unprocessed emotions can turn into physical pain. Yes. And so I invite you, Alexander, to to list off other ways that, that this practice is helpful in people's lives or even expand upon that. Yeah, so unexplained physical pain. I work with many people that have been diagnosed with fibromyalgia and, and other diagnoses of just unexplained pain. And I will say from personal experience and uh a longevity of working with clients that emotional pain and uh, energetic pain feels very physical. And I went through seven years of this myself after a trauma that I went through in my late 30s. And I realized that these emotions, once you reach a level of trauma, the emotions bring on a different power. That once you reach a certain level of sensitivity, when you experience that emotion, it will bring you what feels like physical pain. And many people aren't associating these phantom pains with these emotions, but I proved it with myself with five years of excruciating chest pain, only to prove that it was the emotion frustration that was keeping my chest hurting almost nonstop because I wasn't able at that point to be honest with myself of just how I lived in a state of frustration that I had done it for so long that I didn't realize that it was even happening. But once I went through my trauma and I was no longer this just super grounded, um, good old country boy, all of a sudden I'm super sensitive to everybody, what's said, what kind of mood somebody's in. I was at that level of having what I call the polarity flipped. And that's what I, 
I feel happens when somebody has a, a true trauma is your polarity flips and nothing works the same anymore. So it took me five years to realize that it was frustration and then two years to learn to work with it. And by working with it, I meant I mean that I couldn't allow one ounce of frustration in. And so what counters frustration? Acceptance. Acceptance that with the very first pillar, everything's in divine order, whether I know can understand it at this point or not. And so that helped me with that. So many people will hold frustration in different areas of the body. You know, the body holds traumas in different ages, uh, such as the knees around 9 to 11. The hips are typically late teens, early 20s. And shoulders and neck stuff is like present day stuff. So when you feel discomforts in those areas, if you can pay attention to the emotion that you've been frequenting often, if you release that emotion and understand that emotions are trained to us, we don't come in with these emotional triggers. We're trained by our environment, typically before the age of seven years old. So if you can't see for yourself in the present day, then try to go back at that time of uh, up to seven years old and try to remember what your environment was like or ask a sibling or an aunt or an uncle, they can probably help you understand more than likely what emotions were just drilled into you uh, during those formative years. And that's what most adults are dealing with is they're trying to work with and heal the majority of stuff that they absorbed between uh, one day and seven years old. And that's part of what all of this work is really about is healing stuff uh, and traumas and energies that we picked up when we didn't even realize or understand what was happening. So in closing, I want to do something a little more creative than what we usually do. So I know people like little like taglines to help them remember things. And so while you were talking earlier, I came up with um, emotions, opportunities for emptying. So I don't know if somebody wants to take that and, and remember it that way. Mm -hmm. So maybe it will help them pause and remember that there are opportunities for emptying. But sure. I wanted to ask you if you had any like little little things like that that could help people remember how to do this. Yeah, that's um, I do like little phrases to help remind us, um, like one that I use that I think I talk about very often, uh, which didn't originate with me, but the whole forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Um, helps me many times in that pause to go into gratitude or forgiveness first and realize that they're bringing something for me as a gift rather than an attack. And and we all have our limits. I mean, uh, I have my limits as everyone else does as well. And so just understand that as you do your work, life backs off of presenting so many of those situations. So if you're having the same type of emotion or judgment that keeps coming at you, please consider working with it and starting to practice to tell yourself that this present moment isn't the same as when I was 10 years old and my brother did this to me. And that's really what needs to be relayed is that, hey, emotion, I understand you're not very intelligent. You think that I'm still going through what I went through when I was 10 years old. That's not the case anymore. And it is talking to it so-called intellectually because that's how we talk with a child when we – it's not all intellectual because it's the spiritual side, it's the, the energetic side because it's the vibration that's, that's carried. And so you want to be compassionate, you want to be patient, and you don't want to judge yourself going through that emotion, but you do want to have the faith that – if I recognize this and I work through acceptance and forgiveness, this will get easier and easier and less situations will keep popping up in my present day. I don't know that any phrases are coming off of the top of my head, but one thing that I do want to bring up in closing is sensitivity and vulnerability where emotions are involved. And to realize that people are going to be more sensitive to verbiage and actions the more uh, intimate they feel towards you. Because it comes hand in hand. That intimacy comes with vulnerability. And vulnerability comes with sensitivities. So if you have a sensitive person around you that seems to be challenging for you to deal with, then realize that you have a beautiful, vulnerable person there too. And however sensitive they're acting to you, they have that much love to give. 
And anybody that's not sensitive, that puts on a tough facade, that acts like nothing phases them, guess what? They don't have very much intimacy to offer. So wherever you're seeing the challenge, whether it's in yourself or somebody that you're dealing with, the lesson is always for the self from my perspective. And that that if you are struggling with your communication with somebody that you think is overly sensitive, then I'm willing to suggest that if you look at that level of sensitivity to equate the level of potential intimacy, if that is managed, then that can be a great reward. And if you're hanging around people that don't ever seem to have any kind of reactions at all or any kind of um, showing of emotions, then they may not be intimately, uh, really that intimately available. And so we do want to take the, the flashlight off the, of the emotions or anything negative. Uh, they are part of this, uh, this human experience, and hopefully we can learn to make love with the friction. And uh, there's your phrase, make love with the friction in life. And um, invite it in and stop running from it and work through it, through the release in association with things in the past that, uh, that come up in the present day uh, for you to uh, be challenged with. Well, cool. Well, I guess that wraps this one up, and everybody stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness. Enjoy. Thank you.
We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T-P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y.com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verity's Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment it's sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.